0: Good morning, come on. It's a great day in the Lord's house. It was a beautiful morning. If you caught the sunrise, it was a beautiful sunrise this morning. A nice balmy 38 degrees out there. It was a the perfect deer stand weather this morning. I mean it was it was it's that time. It's the time is upon us. You know, I'm excited. I'm excited because I'm not one of those guys that like to sweat when I hunt. And so I don't want to fight the flies. And so now, now is like go time. And so I'm excited about this weather. I'm excited about this fall. Um, and the good things are gonna happen. As Pastor Mike was telling you about the Iron Night, I just wanna mention a couple things about it. Um, we're gonna feed you like nobody else, let me tell you. We're gonna do, basically, you're getting a three meat combo, is what we're gonna serve you. We got pulled pork, we got ribs, and we got sausage for you. And so you will not leave hungry. Um, but it's going to be a great meal, I, I, and Chase, uh, Chase and I have been working, we've probably put in a, almost two days worth of work on just getting some hickory, we cut some hickory up, we split some hickory, and so we got the wood ready for the smoker, and we'll be ready for you guys, and so I challenge you, like uh, Pastor Mike was saying, invite somebody, this is an easy invite, hey, you like barbecue, there's no one in town that you can get a three meat combo for $10, let me just tell you that right now. And so invite them out for, for a barbecue meal, have games outside, you can win prizes outside, uh, you can win, walk away with a rifle, now it's a 308 bolt bolt-action Ruger American rifle, uh, it does have a shortened stock, so it's handy to get around the woods, it does have a thread barrel in case you uh, ever want to get a, a suppressor for it, and it, it's just a great setup, great little rifle, and uh, you'll be l- lucky to go away with that. Now, let me just say, you know, everybody likes to work the system, and so it's ten bucks. So doesn't mean you you can buy ten tickets. That's ten chances. It, it's not a raffle, people. It's not a raffle. If you buy ten tickets, give them away to your buddies. Their name goes on the ticket, and that's how it's working, right? And so again, I really want to challenge you: buy two tickets. You know, twenty dollars is, is is a nice investment into this night. Buy two tickets, give one away, invite somebody, invite your neighbor, a co-worker. I mean, it's just going to be a fun night. It's a guy's night. It's going to be a very manly night. And so it'd be a great time for you to invite somebody, bring somebody with you. And just think... Tonight is a ladies' pumpkin party, so if there's any pumpkins left behind, we get to blow them up or shoot them at men's night, and so it's going to be a good night, right? And so it'll be fun, and so come out for both. Come out tonight, ladies, for the pumpkin party, and then guys, um, come out for the 20th. It's going to be a great night. Um, today, Acts chapter 13, we're in a great book, a great chapter. We're, if, you don't, if you're don't, if you new to Brighton, we, we pray and fast about what book to go through, and Lord has laid upon our heart, Acts. And so we've been going through it for quite a while now. We're just to chapter 13. And chapter 13 is a, is a pivotal chapter in, chapter in the Acts. It's actually the turning point. Winston Churchill would have called it one of the hinges, one of the great hinges of history, because it really turns a corner. And what it does is in, it marks the beginning of the third phase of the Great Commission. You guys remember the Great Commission back? And uh, we talked about it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Right? And so that's the outline. Jesus outlined geographically how the witnesses should proceed. Right? It should begin in Jerusalem. Then it's going to go to Judea and Samaria. Then to the final, utmost parts of the earth. And that's where we're at today. The uttermost parts of the earth. What I love about Acts chapter 13, it gives us a snapshot of a beautiful church, a church operating in, in, to its fullest. And it's going to deal with one of the things that we deal with today in Christianity, and we get frustrated sometimes about how the Spirit leads and how the Spirit guides us. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and, and what, what we believe, the Holy Spirit, I mean, in Acts, we're in Acts, we can't help but talk about the Holy Spirit, right? Well, this is kind of to give you a little context of where we're at. In Acts chapter 1, we see the start and the birth of the church. Acts chapter 2, we see the promise. Mary, Jesus said, I promise I'm going to send you the comforter. When I leave, he's going to come. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he said, when I leave, you're going to be able to have the Holy Spirit, his spirit, God's spirit living inside of you. And Mary, we talked about this. It's not for the the Holy Spirit goosebumps. It's not for the speaking in tongues. That's part of it. But what's the purpose and what's the reason that some kinds get lost when we talk about the Holy Spirit? The reason behind it is the power and the boldness to witness, right? The power and the boldness for the harvest. What does that look like? What are you talking about, pastor? What I'm talking about is that kind of power is not inside of us. When I say go love your neighbor, some of you guys got horrible neighbors, right? Let's just be honest. Some of you guys got neighbors who don't own a lawnmower, and it drives you crazy. It's like, come on, we're not belling your yard. Mow it, right? I mean, some of us have neighbors like that. Some of you have coworkers that you wish would disappear and never come back. Come on, let's just be, we're being honest, right? We have these people in our life, and it's not within us to love them like we should. Come on, we can have grace for a little bit under our own power, but after a while, like Come on, we get tired of it, and we just let go sometimes. And so we talk about the Holy Spirit, and this is where the Holy Spirit kicks in, because when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it gives us this power that we don't have. It gives us this love that we're not capable of. It gives us this grace that we don't understand. It gives us mercy when others bring judgment, and that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. That's why we're saying it gives you power for the harvest, power to love like you don't have. And so this is a, this is the Holy Spirit. And so today we're talking about the Holy Spirit and what it looks like to be walking the Holy Spirit, what it looks like to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes for us as Christians, that's super frustrating. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit will rarely, like I don't know one time ever, will give you an ABC, a, a, B, C, a one, two, three like do this, next step do this, next step do this. It never works that way. Like I wish it would. I would lo- that's how I operate, right? Like I like to cook, I like to bake, I like to do all that good stuff. But when I do it, I follow a recipe. Now Melissa's mother on the other hand, she is phenomenal cook. Like she can cook anybody on her table. I mean, she's just she's so good. She uses no recipe. And so Melissa will call her mom and ask her, hey, how do you do this? She goes, oh, you just use a little bit of this and a little bit of that and and throw in some of this. I'm like, what's a little bit? You know, I mean, is a little bit a cup? Is it two cups? I don't know. You know, and I don't understand that. And that's where the frustration comes in. And that's with us and our walk in the Lord. And when we're trying to follow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit usually rarely gives you a, you go here, you do this, and then you do that. It doesn't work that way. And so today we're gonna to get a great example of what it looks like to trust in the Holy Spirit, walk in the Holy Spirit, and allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life. And that's what we get to see, because because we struggle with this concept of leading and guided by the Holy Spirit. I mean, what is what what does it look like, right? How does it happen? When does it happen? Like, do you only get? Does it only happen? Like, do you get the Holy Spirit only speaks to you like? In, in a church setting, in a revival setting, or on a mountaintop? You know, is that when God moves? that when God speaks? You know, and then when when the Spirit speaks to you, do you have to stop before every decision, ask some directions. And so th- you can see where frustration kind of comes into the Christian life. If you ever had any of those questions, we get to see the Spirit in action in the lives of Paul and Barnabas this morning. Because the first three verses of chapter 13 we see the call of the Holy Spirit. We actually see how the Holy Spirit empowers them verses 1 through 3. Look at it with me. I'll have it on the screen for you. It says, now that were in the church at Antioch, prophets and teachers. All right, why are they talking about prophets and teachers? These are the gifts. This is, this is the picture of the church that we need this morning. They have the prophets and the teachers using their gifts. Every one of us. You're like, well, I'm not special. I, that's baloney. Because every one of you have a gift from God. Every single one of you have a gift of God. There, remember, there's the gift of teaching, gift of prophecy, uh, gift of serving, gift of administrators, Gifts of compassion, gift of giving. And I, I'm missing a couple there. There's a lot of gifts, right? And so you see here a beautiful picture of church because they're using their gifts. The Church of Antioch, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simon, who were also called Niger, uh, Lucius and Cyrene, uh, Cyrene Many a long, lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Do you see that? I mean, that is a, that's the church in a nutshell right there. I mean, the whole event begins with this group of Christians in the church in Antioch, exercising their spiritual gifts. I mean, that's a beautiful example of what the church should be. Every one of us, every one of you, using the gifts God's given you, where you're at. So many times, like, well, God's given me this gift. God given me this. And when I reach this, then I will use that gift. Baloney. Use a gift. Paul. Paul. Is using his gift. What's his gift? Teaching. He's using his gift. This is before Paul the Apostle. This is his Paul, and he's in a church. He's gifted teacher. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to teach. Don't wait for that moment where pastor finally asks you to use your gift, baloney. You start using your gift right now. Some of you gifts a server, serve. Some of you guys gift of teaching, teach administrators, lead us, please. I mean, come on, we need your giftings and start using, this is what we're called to do. God gave you a talent, God's given you a gift, use that. And so we see individuals who had to get the prophecy and others had to give the teaching and they're using their gifts. And now while these men were, were using their gifts, they're busy doing what God equipped them to do, the spirit of God spoke to them. I mean, isn't that awesome? Don't overlook the significance there. Because so many people are looking for God to lead them in some dramatic fashion, right? Like, oh, God's going to speak to me on top of the mountain. Or God's going to speak to me as soon as we bring a revival to the church. Or if I go to this, hear this evangelist speak, then God's going to message me. How did God speak to them in this, in this scenario? They're working in the church. They're doing what they're gifted to do. Can I just tell you, if you start using your gifts, it's going to be surprising how much God starts talking to you, because you're doing the work. You're doing what He's called you to do, and in the midst of doing, He's going to speak to you. I mean, we don't have to go hold up in some cave and and wait in nature for God to speak to you, or get on a mountaintop, and He's going to speak to you in some dramatic fashion, and you're going to come back with a great calling on your life. I mean, there's some people that's waited 30 or 40 years for that to happen. It hasn't happened yet. More than likely, it's not going to happen because God very rarely does it that way. Sometimes he does, but usually his call comes when we're busy exercising our gifts where we're at. Where we're at right now. I met so many young people who say, Pastor, I'm called to the ministry. I just got to go to this university, and then I'll be set. I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing right now? Well, I'm getting ready to go to that university. Well, what are you doing at the church you're at right now? Well, I'm not really doing anything because I'm getting, I'm, I'm focused, I'm going. I'm, I'm like, well, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm just saying. These men were busy employing their gifts, and in the midst of their activities, the Spirit came. Can I just tell you, the Spirit empowers those who are doing. And we don't know how the Spirit spoke. It might have been through a prophetic utterance uh, by one of the other prophets while they're together worshiping, or it may have been they spoke, as he does many times, through deep conviction. You know, you have a deep sense that the Spirit was moving in a certain direction, and that's often the way the Holy Spirit speaks to us. We get a deep sense, we get a feeling that you get that feeling that, oh, I need to text that person. I haven't texted in months and months and months. But out of the blue, that person comes to mind. And you think, I need to call that person. I need, to take, I need to check on them. I need to send them a note. I need to write them a letter. That's usually how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And can I can not tell you right now, the preference is all, but the more time we spend in prayer, the more time we spend with God, the easier it is to distinguish his voice from the burrito you had last night. Come on, because where we're at, we're positioned ourselves to hear from the Lord. And when you position yourself to hear from the Lord, it's easier to understand his voice. That still small voice, it's hard to hear when you haven't spent time in prayer in weeks. But if you've been praying, been with his presence every day, guess what? That still small voice, all of a sudden it's a lot easier to hear. And a lot easier to distinguish when you have that that uh, impression, that steep sense in your heart to move a certain direction, then you know it's God. And he spoke to these men who are already doing the work. Think about it this way. Have you ever had to push a car? How do you, isn't it easier to steer a car when it's rolling than when it's stopped? I mean, even with power steering today, which makes it really nice, but if you had one of the old cars that has no power steering, you're sitting there, you try to turn that wheel, Let's forget about it, right? But you start giving a little push, you get start rolling it, it's a lot easier to turn. We start going, we start doing, it's a lot easier for God to speak to us. Hey, you need to do this. You need to go that way. You need to move this direction. Notice, I want you to notice that there's there's two elements of the Spirit's sovereign choice. He, choose, he chose the individual. He chose the work. He said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. And he didn't tell the church what the work was, although he told Paul and Barnabas, Saul and Barnabas. We don't find out till we read on, but the Spirit had spoken to these men. He laid it a deep concern to reach the world. And he set them aside for this purpose. This was a call of God that came an in initial thrusting out to the uttermost parts of the earth, Right? One other thing we ought to, ought to be commented on here is the fact that they were fasting. Do you see that in the verses we read? They were all together. They were exercising their gifts right? They were using their gifts that God gave them. They were worshiping, and they were fasting. Come on. I mean, there's some formulas. You put these things together, and you know God's going to move. This is one of those formulas. You're part of a body that's exercising their gifts for the kingdom of God. You're worshiping God. You're fasting. Come on. That's that's a no-brainer. God's going to move. God's going to speak. You know, I'm proud of our young people. They just came off of a of a the fast they did, and they did a phenomenal job with it. I'm very proud of them for doing that. Example for us all. But something, God's going to move when fasting happens. Because what's happening when you fast, you're not fasting because you're overweight. You're not fasting because it's the, the new, um, you know, the, the um, intermittent fasting is a new diet. That's not it at all. You're fasting because you're concerned. In the Bible, fasting is always marked by deep spiritual concern, Right? It means that one's willing to forgo the normal demands of life to concentrate on other things, concentrate on spiritual things. And so now look how the spirit worked. Okay? These men were concerned about what God would do. They met together. They were using their gifts. They were fasting, and the Spirit of God spoke to them. And after fasting, and praying, they let their lay their hands on them, and they sent them off. This means the church was evolved, right? One body acted together and they did this thing as a group. That, that's a beautiful picture of the church. They sent them out, okay? But I want you to see here the wonderful blending of the sovereignty of the Spirit and the responsibility of man. This is where the frustration comes in with us following the leading and guiding the Holy Spirit. As you gotta understand, there's the sovereignty of God. But then there's man. We've got to work in, in, in concert with one another. So look at verses four to five. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seshala, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John with them. So here's a blending of these two factors: the sovereignty, the sovereign authority of choice, and man's necessity to choose. So the church got these men together, they prayed, the Holy Spirit said, I want these two. Okay, so we see the calling on our life, don't we? Very clearly, everybody in the church saw that Paul or Saul and Barnabas were called to go. So naturally, the question comes out, well, where do we go next? Isn't that the way it works? When God lays something in your heart, maybe God lays uh, for you to teach a class or maybe God lays for you to start a ministry or reach out to this person or that person, the, the obvious next question is, okay, where do I start? And a lot of people get hung up there. They don't start because they don't know where to go next. Well, God called me. God laid this on my heart, but I don't know what to do. I'm going to wait right here until God speaks to me and then I'll go. See the first thing we see was just sending out the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit laid it upon these guys' hearts. But then the next phrase we read: they went down to Cecila, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Notice the Spirit didn't tell them to go to Cyprus; that was a choice of Saul and Barnabas. The Spirit told them to move out, but these men decided where to go. And so, looking at that, you got to ask: okay, is that okay? I mean, is that right? Is it? I mean, is it okay? Because sometimes we get hung up on the going part, don't we? God's spoken, God's call, but now what? I mean, it's very clear God called Saul and Barnabas to go. And we as Christians, we get so frustrated with this process because like, go where? Right? Right? I mean, what do you want me to do now? What, what do I do? I want the one, two, three. Give me the ABCs, the step one, step two, step three. Let me see the whole picture and then we'll go. Look how it works. Paul and Barmas were acting on the basis of which Paul describes later in his, in his letter to the Philippians. Being confident in his spirit was not only thrusting them out, but was working in them to decide where to go. So as Paul puts it, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling in Philippians 2.13. It says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so you're going to see this. It wasn't just a coincidence that they landed at the place God wanted them. You know, sometimes things happen in your life like, "Well, that was a coincidence. It wasn't. It was God. You know, 15 years ago, we were looking for a church. We woke up this morning. I didn't pray about, hey, should we go here? Should we go there? I didn't. Buddy invited us to go to Brightness Him. We had no idea where Brighton we was. But yeah, let's give it a shot. And you would look back and say, yeah, it was quite a coincidence. We wound up at Brighton that morning. No, it wasn't. God had already ordered it out. God had people in line. God had moments in line already 15 years ago for this moment right now. And what would have happened if I would have been at home that day and said, "Well, I'm not going to go anywhere till God tells me where to go"? That'd be kind of silly, wouldn't it? We wouldn't do that. And so that's what I'm saying. See how God used, God works when He speaks to us, but then God always, the Holy Spirit works through us in helping us make decisions at times. Well, you don't know which way to go. Well, then you say, well, I'm just going to go this way. Guess what? God's already been there. He's already worked it out for you. Sometimes you just have to take a big step of faith. Because if you don't take a big step of faith, you're going to be stuck here with the call of God in your life doing nothing. When you thought... When they thought over this situation, they decided to go to Cyprus. Why? Because it was a logical place to start. I mean, think about it. They didn't have to wait for a spirit to point it out on the map. They decided on, on this because they naturally they had contacts there. I mean, Barnabas was from Cyprus. So were the men who started a church in Antioch. And so undoubtedly they had many contacts there. So that's naturally where they started. They went with confidence that God was in that choice. You see, it it was their choice. But ultimately, we're going to see God had already established people there for them. And so see how it plays out? Sometimes we get so hung up on, give me the next step, God. God's like, I gave you common sense. Just take a step of faith and believe that when you step that you're in tune with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is working in you and through you and helping you with that next step. When you're reasoning out in your head, you don't think the Holy Spirit has a little input in that? Come on. We need to start trusting the Holy Spirit, trusting the Lord's guidance and take that giant step of faith. They went with confidence and that's the way to be led with the Spirit. I mean, the Spirit may lay on your heart some some need in your life, some need that needs to be met. Maybe some ministry wants you to start. Maybe an opportunity that's before you, but you don't know how to start. Okay, start with what looks the most natural to you. You know, if God lays a ministry on my heart, it's not going to be to the NFL. I have nothing to do with the NFL. That's going to be kind of silly. It's going to be what's right before me. So I start going. And I start believing this is the the Spirit's leading and guiding. Be confident that God is in you to govern and lead you in your choice. So they went to Cyprus. They began to preach. And obviously they expected God to be with them and to open doors wherever they went. This is the way the Holy Spirit commonly operates. No one is waiting for orders to cover everything they do. There's many, there's many mistaken ideas brought up today about how the Holy Spirit leads and guides us. Some people want to think that we're robots, ruled, ruled by this computer called the Holy Spirit. It tells you where to go, sit, where to stand, where to lead, where to. It doesn't work that way. I mean, there was a seminary student who thought this was the way the Spirit worked. He would literally stop at the foot of a staircase, and when asked, God, should I take the Left side of the staircase or the right stair- side of the staircase. He would pray about whether to put a hat on in the morning or not. And we look at that, and that's so silly, but we do the same thing. God is a presser in your heart to reach out to somebody like, Well, I just don't know where to start, God. I don't know what they need. I don't know where to. And so we don't do anything. We stay at the bottom of the staircase. I don't know which way to go. You know what? Take them a bottle of water. Because even if they don't need it, guess what? Everybody likes water. You know, buy an extra ticket to the men's event. Well, I don't know who to give it to. I guarantee anybody will like barbecue. If they don't, they're not Christians, so let them out. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You see what I'm saying? Some things are no-brainers. God has called you to love those around you. You don't have to sit in one place and say, well, where would I start Jesus? No. There's some practical things you need to get to start doing. Mow the neighbor's yard for them if you don't like the way they mow the yard. I mean, come on. This ain't rocket science. And don't blame the Holy Spirit. Well, he's not speaking to me. You know what? The Holy Spirit's waiting for you to take one big step. And do you do something? And then we're going to be confident in that big step that when we place our foot, the Holy Spirit is placing it for us. We think we're choosing. It's not coincidence you stepped right there. That's where the Holy Spirit wanted you at. He didn't create us like robots. He's interested in our understanding that He is to live within us. He will direct us precisely at times. And when He does, we don't ignore it. And when He doesn't move out, where you have all the confidence expectation that God's with you and He's gonna open doors. When you follow that pattern, you're bound to find an exciting life, I promise you. Because God is very creative. He's always doing something surprisingly unexpected, isn't he? I can't tell you how many conversations I had with people said, you'll never believe. This, 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 this happened. I would have never thought of that. I'm like, I wouldn't either, but God did. Aren't you glad he did? He's so more creative than us. So why not take that giant step of faith? I mean, we cannot improve on the strategy of the Holy Spirit. Nobody could predict it. If you go to Cyprus and here's how you reach all these cities, nobody could have laid it out. The Holy Spirit did. He's the one who knows how to reach a city, a country, a community, and how to proceed. Think about it. He already had men and women in Cyprus. Waiting on Paul and Barnabas to get there. It wasn't a chance that these two guys said, "Oh, we don't know where to go. We're just going to go Cyprus." No, God already had. He had the governor of the island waiting on them. Are you kidding me? That's not chance. That's the Holy Spirit leading and guiding them. The governor, who is appointed by the Roman government to govern that community, was already waiting. He wanted to hear from them. I mean, it's just crazy. That's what Paul and Barnabas found. You can't approve on that. And that's what we find all throughout the book of Acts. This remarkable combination of divine uh, uh, sovereignty and human responsibility works hand in hand together, co-laborers with God. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? I want to ask the worship team to come on up. I need to, I need to wrap this up real quickly. So Paul and Barnabas went to the island of Cyprus. Luke doesn't tell us everything that happened. He, he, he records one incident that happens. And it's kind of a strange incident that happened at the capital in, in Phileas Pampas. Look at it in verses 6 through 8. So when they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Belimus, the magician... For that is the meaning of his name. Oppose him, seeking to turn per counsel away from the faith. I mean, here is a remarkable example of how the Holy Spirit works. Paul and Barnabas had no idea they'd be able to have a hearing before the governor, but they went. It's thinking they would not have went? If they would not take that giant step, that whole island would not have heard about Jesus. But now the governor hears about Jesus. Come on, that's going to pack the whole island, right? And this man, prompted by the Holy Spirit, put there by the Roman government, wanted to hear what Paul and Barnabas had to say. You can never anticipate how the Holy Spirit is going to work things out. And then we see this magician, this magician come up. It's funny because his name, Elimus, it means magician. Here's a pro tip. If you have to call yourself a magician, magician, you're probably not a magician, right? And that's what this guy was. And then he took the name Bar-Jesus. And that means literally son of Jesus. That, that, he was, that means he, he was positioning himself as a Christ follower. He was doing this to, to lay out a false doctrine and dissuade people not from Jesus, but to him. And so he's trying to dilute the gospel and trying to confuse people and so he's doing this and he provoked the spirit of paul there's one thing you never want to do is provoke the spirit of paul because this is this is like i have a lot of top top verses in my life this is a great one look at verses nine through ten but saul who was called paul filled the holy spirit okay this is coming from the holy spirit this is not just paul filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, you will not stop making crooked the st- straight path of the Lord. I mean, don't you love Paul? I mean, I can see. So here's Barnabas. He's the elder statesman. He's kind of counseling Paul. Paul's a young guy full of fire. You can see Barnabas is shaking his head. I would not have said that is what Barnabas is probably saying. But man, Paul just unloads on him. Right, it just calls them out, and then look at verses eleven through twelve. And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind, and able to see the sun for a time. Immediately, mist and darkness fell upon him, and they went about seeking to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when they saw what they had, what had occurred, and for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Did you see that? The proconsul, the governor, believed. And he was astonished. Oh, they just happened to land on Cy- Cyprus. No. They were part of a church. Busy using their gifts. Fasting. Spirit called them. Where do we go? This seems logical. Let's go there. Can say some of you have been sitting back waiting to take a giant step because you just don't know where that step goes. Lord's saying, listen, I gave you all the tools you need. Let me show your reminder how it works. Can you show that next slide there? This is how it works in our lives. The leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Use your gifts where you're at. So you're waiting for that magic moment where it's your time to shine. Use your gifts where you're at. If you need a platform to use your gifts, that's probably a red flag. Use your gifts where you're at. What has God gifted you? What's your gift? You have the gift of hospitality, you have to get the ministration, you have to get the teaching, you have the gift of compassion. Start using that gift. When you start walking that gift, God's gonna start speaking to you more and more and more. They fasted. You want to hear from God? Start fasting a little more often. Holy Spirit called them. They took a giant step. Some of you are so frustrated at the leading and guiding Holy Spirit because it's not giving you the C's, the one, two, and three. When Holy Spirit's like, I called you. I know I I'm on your heart, this ministry, to do this, to do that, to reach out to a neighbor, to touch your coworker, to... Start this to do this. I impress that on your heart. Now I'm waiting on you to take a step. And yet we're comfortable just saying, you know what? I'm wait here till I get that mountaintop experience. I'm waiting here till God lays me out and I wake up and I know exactly. A B's no. It probably won't work that way. And so while you're sitting here. God's put people along your path for you. And they're missing out. I mean, the governor of the island believed the whole the whole trajectory of that island was changed forever. And it wasn't coincidence. So we have to start trusting the Holy Spirit. Trusting that when we choose, you know what, this looks logical. I think I'm called to do this. I'm gonna go in this direction. Trusting the Holy Spirit's gonna open some doors and work things out for you. Take a giant step of faith and trust in the Holy Spirit. That's leading and guiding. God has called us, the Holy Spirit's called you, now you gotta do your own part in taking a few steps. Stop sitting on the sidelines waiting for something. I of tell you, I don't care your age. I don't care your experience, where you're at in life. You got a gift from God. And God is expecting you to use that gift. Well, pastor, I'm so-and-so. I'm retired. I'm, you know, good. You got more time to give for that gift that God's given you. Or, he, or we're just young. We really don't. Good. You don't have these preconceived ideals of what you should and shouldn't do. You can just go full blast at it. Good. There's no excuse. Because when God was creating you, he looked at you and said, oh, you'll be perfect for this gift. And he placed that gift inside of you, expecting you to use that gift. When you start using that gift, he's going to call you to more. It's going to be your responsibility to take a giant step and say, "Okay, okay, do not you stand with this this morning?" We've talked a lot about the Holy Spirit today, the leading and guiding. How sometimes it can be frustrating because we don't know, you know, what we should do. I want to take it all the way back to the basics. If you're in here and you're like, "The Holy, 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 Holy Spirit thing," it freaks me out a little bit. I'd love to talk to you about it. Love to describe to you how it's God's Spirit made available for you and I to live inside of us, to help us do things that we're not capable of, to love like we're not capable, to show grace, to show mercy like we're not capable of. Because we believe in Acts chapter two, we believe in the Holy Spirit, we believe it's for us today. We believe that it did not stop in Bible times that we still experience it today. We have many testimonies of that. If you'd like to know more about that, we'd love to talk to you more. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we'd love to pray with you about that. Because we believe that's where it starts. Well, can I go can I go to heaven without the Holy Spirit? Probably. Will it be easy road, Not at all. So then why do I need the Holy Spirit Pastor? Well, like we talked about. There are some people that are almost unlovable. And you can put up a front, and you can like, oh, put up with them for a little bit, but there's gonna be a time where you're just gonna break and lose it and go off. But we have the Holy Spirit in us. We respond with kindness. Respond with love, respond with race, mercy, respond with grace. And it's unnatural, so people will naturally say, how did you do that? Why are you smiling when they just went off on you? Why did you show grace when they deserved the hammer? And that's what we get to say. Because I've experienced that. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we believe in. This morning, we're going to pray for you in that way. But then I want to challenge those of you that have experienced the Holy Spirit. Quit waiting for the roadmap. Quit waiting for the next turn and take a giant step and say, you know what? This seems right. And have confidence that God's going to open the doors as you start stepping and you start walking in His call in your life. Because every one of you have a gift. Every one of you have a call on your life. Let's start walking on that. Would you just join us in worship as they sing for us?